BYU does beat Texas San Antonio. They gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter for the Roadrunners to make a game of it. BYU made a bunch of mistakes. I think BYU has more talent, but Texas San Antonio came to play. That was the best team playing at its best that we've seen so far. Texas San Antonio was better than the other teams that BYU has faced. At no point did I think BYU was going to lose. BYU was clearly the better team, but we're talking about a Roadrunner squad that barely beat Middle Tennessee, and that's a horrible football team. Beat them by two. Barely beat Texas State in double overtime. This is not a great football team, and BYU made them look pretty good. The columnist for the Oregonian, John Canzano, with us. I talked to people who were there when the Pac-12 network was formed. They tried with ESPN. They tried with Fox. They even tried with the Discovery Channel. And there were no takers. Nobody was interested in the Pac-12 content at that time. So the Pac-12 decided to set out on its own, and the problem being none of the presidents or chancellors, none of the people involved at conference headquarters had ever started a network before. So they made some mistakes, distribution included, and they've got no inventory now this season. All of these games prior to championship weekend are all going to be on ESPN or Fox or FS1, so it's going to be leftovers, maybe one or two games at most for the Pac-12 network, so I think it's pretty disappointing from a network standpoint. From the Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Give us your thoughts and takeaways from the Utah Jazz season as a whole and what their offseason might look like. Really good season and you feel for them because you run into a Denver team where they have nothing to be ashamed of, but couldn't ultimately get the job done, and that's painful. So, I like the core, but they're one of those teams that because they didn't get nearly as far as they wanted, you got to talk to teams about anything and everything. The Mike Conley move kind of had mixed results. You know, while I give a big thumbs up to their effort and the type of basketball they play, I think you'd be naive if you didn't acknowledge that you were hoping for more. I think there's going to be another big wrinkle of some sort. You'd be surprised if they just run it back. She makes the magic happen at the Pac-12 Network. She's Ashley Adamson. Has Utah gotten to the point? Can they lose that kind of talent and just move on forward in the Pac-12 and compete for a title again? If you would ask me that question when they first entered the league, I would have said, no, you're crazy. That would be impossible for anybody. But I have become such a believer in Kyle Whittingham and such a believer in this Utah program that I think, especially in this year, the teams that are going to do well are the ones that are disciplined and methodical and don't get too high and don't get too low and are able to roll with the punches. And that is Kyle Whittingham to a T. And a lot of times the reason teams have success is because they take on the personality of their head coach and we've seen that at Utah. So I just have a sense that they're going to surprise some people. Greg Rubel the voice of the BYU Cougars. Those games down the road aren't going to mean nearly as much unless BYU can get this win on Friday. Everything hinges on it. You do not get into the New Year's Six conversation without an undefeated record this year. There are a finite number of true barometer games for BYU, and one could argue the first was played at Navy. It's a good name team. It was a ranked team from last year, but Houston is a true barometer for BYU. If they're able to get the win on Friday, there are games to be played between now and then. We all know that, but over the ensuing weeks, the hype will only increase exponentially until that Boise State game in early November. I have pierced nipples. Hi guys, I got pierced nipples! Hey guys, I got pierced nipples! Hey guys, I got pierced nipples! Woohoo! Pierced nipples! Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's a football Friday. Coach Ronnie Mack along for the ride. Lemma has the week off this week. Uh, There's Sounds of the Week brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. 
Uh, Gordo, uh, we want to get into a little youth football, but I want to I want to start the conversation this way because I have a question for for Coach about uh, about the scrimmage that's coming up this weekend. But Gordon, have you watched much Big Twelve football lately? Uh, a little bit, not a whole lot, just some. Uh, have you watched much Big Twelve football, yeah. uh, Coach? Because because there's a seems to be a, a a similarity amongst all the teams. Well, yeah, they they're they're all running spread. Well, I was going to say they they couldn't tackle our boy Sean Smither here if uh, he was scampering <laughs> down the field. Well, I think the the thing you see is is you got a lot of points scored because you know you you got you got a lot of players in space and you got a lot of very athletic guys and and a lot of times your matchups are not are not what they need to be. I mean, if you watch the Alabama Old Miss game, you tell me that somebody could put up the number of points that Ole Miss put, put up on on uh, Alabama with the with the people that Alabama have playing for them. I mean, and believe me, Ole Miss is terrible on defense. I mean, they can their their defensive line sucks, and uh, Alabama just ran through them. But I tell you what, Kiffin knew every weakness. Yeah, he of, did. of the Alabama defense. He did. And I tell you what, he exploited all of it. And I tell you what. He had an answer every time that, that they got the ball. And he had an answer because he knew the weaknesses. And he knew kind of because he had worked for Saban. And I'm sure if you've worked for Saban for a while, you probably there's no you want to beat him bad because there's probably because he's kind of a tough guy to work for. So, you know, not everybody that's worked for him when they leave there is Well, Kiffin makes makes jokes about it. Do you know do you know Lane at all, Coach? Because yeah. he's funny. Why because not? he's the new, he's the new. Uh, who's the old ball coach? What's uh, who am I thinking of? Gordon uh, Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Mm-hmm. He'll say anything. Well, let me just tell you, something. Kiffin is really not that funny. No, not in uh, in his personal because, life. Because first of all, he's he's pretty quiet. You know, like so when he was the head coach at SC, my son-in-law was there, right? And I spent uh, a little bit of time there, you know, watching film sure. and and, mm-hmm. and just hanging out there and, and doing that kind of stuff. And, and he never said much, you know. I mean, I would sit there with in, in the offensive side watching film or in the defensive side watching film, and he'd just sit there and kind of watch, you know, but didn't, never, said, never said a lot. But the guy has got, guy is a really good uh, play caller. He has a good feel for what's going on on, on the field and what to call and when to call it and, and – and he's one of those guys I think can turn it on when he has to. You know, in other words, he can be funny when he has to be, but it's not. I don't think it's a natural thing for him because he's he's a little bit more reserved, you know, type of type of person. So, so, if, and he he might come out with some funny things, but I don't think that's really his his nature well he he trolled nick before the game where he said you know all these other schools have these nfl prospects that aren't coming back and somehow nick doesn't have any of those <laughs> he brought it up before the game well, well, you know yeah, hey you never know what the inside is um of everything that happens within a building you know yeah and, and because i know that Saban used to where you'd see him ripping Kiffin on the sideline, yeah. you know, and 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 when Kiffin Kiffin uh, took the job at at the, the Florida school, 
I think before the season was over. Yeah, before the bowl game. Before uh-huh. the bowl game. Yeah. And, and I know Saban, Saban did not like that. Sarkeesian had to, to, to call the plays in yeah, the bowl game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think they lost, Yeah, if memory so, serves. So there's probably he's probably still mad about it, probably. Oh, you know, that's I mean, so funny. I mean, so he probably still holds that grudge or whatever, and uh, – so you, but you never know kind of what goes on inside the building and and uh, uh, so. Well, uh, the the reason I bring up the sloppy tackling is uh, there are a lot of pundits, Gordon, and I want to get your thoughts on this. There's a lot of pundits out there who think the abnormal preparation for the season has not, you know, really properly prepared, especially the defensive side of the football, to be very good. And Gordon, that's why I think you know as the Pac-12 gets ready, they've given given themselves plenty of time. And Coach Witt is going to have uh, the first of two scrimmages, I believe, coming mm-hmm. up this Saturday. And they've they've been there on campus and right. they've been working out, but this is really their first well, chance to get after it. Tackling is is all about athletic ability. You know, in other words, usually if 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 you're if you're a subpar tackler, you know, you're probably not athletic enough. You know, tackling is 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 about athleticism and about being able to, to to make a tackle in space, and um, you know, so a lot of so, if you see a team that's that's uh, a poor tackling team, usually they're not athletic enough. Right. Yeah, and that's why Mac. I I think that sounds like an excuse when people say uh, we weren't we didn't have enough time to get ready to tackle. Come on, give me a break. Uh, there's all kinds of coordination, as you know, that goes into preparing a football team, and that's true on both sides of the ball. And uh, so to say that, I agree with you. I think it's more a matter of athleticism and, 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 and uh, being in the right position to make the tackle. But I, but I have a question about Jake's question uh, or the issue you brought up, Jake, about, about uh, so much offense and limited defense. Mac, in this day and age, if you were starting from scratch and you could only start on one side of the ball, would you go offense or would you go defense? I'd probably go defense. You know? Yeah. So I'd probably try to try to build a defense that was really solid and really good and very sound, and then and then try to try to recruit recruit players to the offensive side of the ball that fit fit your scheme. And uh, and I think you need you know you need to make sure you got to make sure you get a quarterback that that that's that's a good play you know a couple of those guys that are really good players you know I mean BYU had done a really back in the old days they would recruit four quarterbacks with the idea that one would be would be good enough to play and then usually the other three would leave eventually. You know, and then they restocked that way. And they did a good job of making sure that they always had a real plus at that position. Would you have considered Frank Dolce a real plus at that position? <laughs> yeah, Frank was a good player. Yeah, yeah Frank was a, was a very good player. He was he was uh, came out of uh, El Camino Junior College, and uh, he was well coached in junior college. He was, good. he was a good player. Who was the best uh, quarterback you had at Utah? Probably, probably uh, when we had Elliott and and Smith as young players, right at the end. Yeah, those guys were both real, real guys. You know, really good guys. Elliott spent time with the Chargers, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Elliott, Brett Elliott was a good player. He was a very good player, and and so was so was Alex. 
and they both have proved out, you know, to be good. Arsenal was a guy, a guy who could win games, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, his arm wasn't a real gifted arm, but he was, but he was, uh, he knew how to win, you know. He was a winner, and and Mike McCoy was a was not a great arm, but really smart and uh, knew how to win games, you know. So there's there's been, you know. They all kind of fit the system and could could make the plays. So, Mac, do you remember when when uh, Ratliff came off the bench? Who was it who got hurt? Was it? Uh, well, this so, was uh, that was Brian Johnson, right? Was Brett Ratliff? Is that who you're talking about? Brett Ratliff stepped in at the last second because someone got hurt. Was it Brian? It was Brian who got hurt against yeah. New Mexico, and then Brett and then they played BYU, BYU the yeah. next week, and everyone thought, "Oh my gosh, Brian's not available. The Utes are in trouble." And Brett Ratliff comes off the bench and absolutely punished BYU that day. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, it happens, you know. And, and uh, you know, nobody gives that backup guy much much credence but a lot of times the backup guy you know he gets his he gets his chance and then he shows what he's got and then he's hard then he's hard to replace well uh, you know this year's version of the Utes is replacing a quarterback and they have a a two well I mean they're saying that it's a three quarterback race but a lot of people out there coach think it's a a two quarterback race Gordon and I have talked about uh, a lot do you know much about these guys Cam Rising and and Jake Bentley I know Cam Rising out of high school was was one of the top he's a big recruit big recruit and and really good player and a big strong kid and so he went to Texas as a freshman, and then, the then, then obviously you know he, 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 you know he could see the writing on the wall because the guy at Texas was going to be their starter and he was young and he's good too. Yeah, by he's way. good, and so he was looking for a spot, and and we needed a quarterback to come in and. and kind of get ready you know well after that Tuttle kid left too yeah went to Indiana yeah and the Tuttle kid so far hasn't blossomed into what he hasn't done anything yeah and the interesting thing is let's say Utah didn't put all of their their eggs in that basket right now their starting quarterback at Utah would be Wilson right yeah no question and and uh, and I hope Utah doesn't make the same mistake this time with with the kid at Corner Canyon. In other words, that they've got committed to somebody else and they just let this guy fly out of here. Yeah. Because I'm telling you what, Dart can play. And he and he is fits their system really well. And he's a real and he's a real guy. And mentally and physically he's a real guy. And he can run. And he's smart. So, you know, if they got a better guy Across the United States, you'd have to you'd have to show me that guy. Don't they have that Peter Costelli dude who's supposed to be really good? I don't know. Supposed to come in next year. Well, they could they could be committed to somebody. They had a had a guy. I know they had a kid in Florida that it had committed to him and then decommitted. That was a really nice looking kid. But I'm telling you, you know, the don't underestimate the ability of the quarterbacks in the state of Utah compared to the country hmm. because they're they're uh, 
they're really they're good players on any in any place whether they're playing in Utah or they're playing in California or they're playing in, in Texas or wherever they're playing but when you see a guy that has the ability of the dart kid you, you, you can't pass him up and uh, and I know that he's got some some really good offers but it would be great to have him play here I wonder if a guy these days Mac uh, Jake uh, gets a sees that somebody you got a four star star guy coming in. I wonder if that uh, sort of dis, uh, dissuades him from from heading that direction. You know, you want a guy who's willing to compete and wants to compete and is that confident. But I wonder in this day and age, whether guys shy away from it a bit. Well, quarterbacks are 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 looking for the where the open spot is. In other words, okay. This guy's going to graduate, and I'm going to have an opportunity early, and that's your selling point. You know, I mean, when you're recruiting, the kids say, okay, we got, we got a guy, he's going, to, he's going to go out in the draft next year, so we're going to need a young guy to replace him, and we just need to train you for one year, and then you're going to be our guy. I mean, that's, that's kind of your selling point. And, and so most quarterbacks, and they want – they want to make sure that okay, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a chance to, uh, to start and a chance to and a and a chance to uh, to play early. I don't want to sit for two years and uh, and wait my turn. I want to have an opportunity to, to play at least in my after my redshirt freshman year. You know, so they're looking for opportunities. And the selling point obviously is, is availability and that he could see and how many other quarterbacks are you recruiting besides myself if i commit to you will you drop all the other guys and and i'm your guy you know type of thing and then all of a sudden signing day you sign two quarterbacks and you've told this other guy one thing and it's not all of a sudden true then then all of a sudden you have a a problem there and uh, so with quarterbacks particularly it, it it's uh especially in, to, in this day and age, because all of these quarterbacks are being trained by somebody, you know. Yeah, they've got a private coach. they got yeah. a private coach, and they've been trained since they were they were like like 13 or 14 years old. And they got all these people in their camp that have been training them besides their parents, you know, telling them what to do or not to do, you know. And we're looking for our best opportunity, you know. I mean, I... Uh, I remember recruiting this kid out of Florida, and man, I just to just to get this guy, I had to meet with his foster parents, his mother, his agent, and a, another guy that took care of him. That, that when he went to school, was going to buy him a car so he could go to school. So I had to make four visits for one home <laughs> visit, you know, and. And I can remember the one guy says, okay, so coach, when he signs with the NFL, you know, I'm the guy that's doing his contract and get, you know, and then I get a percentage because I've so helped support his mother and helped support him. I said, look, I, I, don't, I don't care how you do it, you know, uh, but, you know, I – I want to ease out of that deal, you know. <laughs> you know, we'll 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 do our best to make sure that he's he's going to be exactly what he'd be, and and somebody else was responsible for him 
they had a place for him to stay. And um, this was when I was at Kentucky. And I, I said, man, I tell you what, this has been a tough couple of days over here. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped through a lot of hoops. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, so you, you, meet, you meet one guy here, and then you meet another guy over here and another guy over here. And and um, and the kid is is living with, like, his foster parents. He doesn't live with his real parents because they wanted him to play at that particular high school. Right. So they, they just said, okay, this family takes care of him, right? And then this guy makes sure he has food. And this guy over here is like, make sure that when he goes to school, he's he's going to be all right there. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it becomes a little, a little confusing, but it's not, it's not unheard of and uncommon. So Mac, if you were recruiting a star quarterback and you became aware that he has an agent, essentially, what, would you back away from it? What, how would you handle that? Well, you just you find out that 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 okay, what's the guy's input? Okay, and then you you just try to play you you try to play the game with him and uh, and just see what what you know what exactly do they want or they don't want and and what what's what's going to be the final outcome and, and uh, you just try to answer the questions and and then you you have to make a decision based on you know how many people do you have to go through and how many people do you have to please and and uh, what's the best way if you got too many guys in the in in the kid's corner if the kid doesn't pan out then you got then you got to deal with that group and the kid and the kid's parents, and also uh, a lot of times you hope you can avoid that. Yeah. I'm assuming I'm assuming if uh, if if one of the guys essentially is a uh, is uh, is a substitute agent that they would never admit that publicly. I mean, no, that obviously no, would be an yeah, NCAA well, violation. Yeah, but they're more. I guess they'd be more of what you call advisors rather than agents mm-hmm. would, would would implicate money, mm-hmm. but advisor would be probably more realistic. I guess these guys are yeah. what they call advisors, guys that have been around the kids since he's been 13, 14, 15 <laughs> years old, you know, and, uh, hey, I, I tra- I've been training this kid since he was 14. You know, I know everything he does, and this is, and this is what he does. Now, how does he fit what you're doing? And, you know, it's just uh, on and on. All right, we're here at the warehouse. We'll get into Utah State a little bit coming up right around the corner. Our friend Tom jumping on the show once again. 1825 South, 300 West is where we are here in Salt Lake City. Also, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. We've got a real good, really going on today. we got deals that are unbelievable. But, Coach, I have a question to okay. ask. Have you... Can you think of a time when you saw a kid when he was 13, 14, 15 year old and said, that kid will play in the NFL, and then he did? Absolutely, yeah. It, yeah, sure. Like uh, what Utah kid? The young Barton kid. That I've, I've seen him since he was, he was really young, you know, because his mom or his dad would take him to the gym where he's working, where where I usually work out, and I watch the kid go through his paces, and you know, and this kid's six four-ish already, and he's only a junior in high school, and he's probably two 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 twenty, maybe a little heavier, 
but the, the kid's just the natural. And he's and, gonna he'll make it to the NFL. Yeah, and the other thing you mentally. What's what's somebody who is in the NFL now that you can think of that you said that kid's gonna make it at that age? Oh, let me let me think. So, it it, it didn't surprise me that the Cody Martin is in the NFL just because of his makeup. You know, I, yeah. I think it was a reach for him because he, he had How about Sione Puha. Yeah, well, Sione was really a good player. You know, he was really tough, and the the guys like Sione are hard to find. Yeah. You know, in other words, they don't grow on trees. The the guy that's you know six two, six three, weighs three twenty. Those guys don't grow on trees. It's Moves like, like the wind. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, because you know you you know the the uh, the Luther Ellis. He was at a 1A high school, and so you could you could tell that he was that this when you look at the kid and he's playing basketball and football and he's playing at a 1A high school where all the guy all the guys are little bitty guys and here's this one giant. Yeah. But you could tell. That good he, example. Yeah, you could yeah. tell that he was. Good you know, first good. time, Mac, a guy I saw uh, in high school that you knew, Haloti uh, Nada. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing with Haloti, like, like in high school he would take plays off. Yeah. You know? I remember that. Mm-hmm. But 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 the guy was so big and strong that he could he could do anything he really wanted to yeah. do because he was because it, he had a mismatch every week. Yeah. You know, so we we better uh yeah, it wasn't furniture talk, so we better talk about furniture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, well, we're sort of talking like moving furniture. I, listen, I, I'm going to yeah. do something unprecedented. I've never done this. Jake, the whole time right. you've known me, you've never seen me do this. I'm going to do a deal. I've got these three. There's only three of them. Split king bases with an incredible gel-infused memory foam base. It's like a $5,400 setup. I'm going to do it for nineteen ninety nine. But because of difficult times that we're going through, I've never done this, Coach. I'm going to give you 24 months deferred interest. If All you right. pay it off in 24 months, you get no, no interest for 24 months. It's the first time I've ever offered that. It's through Citibank, so obviously the, the credit has to be approved. Mm-hmm. That's out of my control. But we'll make it so you pay less than a hundred bucks a month. You're going to get a fifty-five hundred dollar bed for two thousand dollars, and no payment. The first payment won't be due till January. Ooh, pretty Jack, good deal. Twenty-four months, and I I only have three of those. I will not do this again, but I'll also extend it. If you want the one with massage, the one that's like a seventy-eight hundred dollar package, for three grand, for twenty-nine ninety-nine. I'll do it 24 months, same as cash. Any other deal on adjustable beds, including the scratch and dents, I can do 12 months, same as cash, this weekend only. And we'll extend it through Monday, three days only, today, tomorrow, and Monday. Both stores will make that available. All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Tom is amazing. He's taking care of uh, our listeners, no doubt. I'll tell you what, he is, absolutely. I mean... You can't ask, and, and all of his stuff, it, or, it's quality. It's quality. It's really good merchandise. Well, I'll tell and, you what, this couch is treating me right. 
But I, and, is, and and Mac, that store, that new store, Tom has is beautiful, man. Nice, you got all kinds nice. of stuff in there. Well, you know? everything's marked down. You see the cross out, uh, four twenty four. No, that's two forty nine. And because Coach brought that up, let's boom it. Any of those regular boom tickets? How about twenty percent off today in the morning? How about that? By the way, but that's a double boom. That wasn't good enough. Let's get twenty percent off. Hey, hey, let's let's knock that twenty percent off that two forty nine, which would take it down fifty to bucks. One ninety nine. One ninety nine. So we got a two forty nine for one ninety nine. Take no, advantage of it. That's a seven forty nine for one forty nine. See that little price up in the corner? That's our competitor's price. Oh, okay. Our normal price is four twenty. And we marked it down to two forty nine. Boom, twenty percent off that. Hey Tom, my wife's yes. on her way. My wife's on her way down there. I know it. She's my homie. She's probably eighteen twenty five South three hundred hey, West. Clayton's here. Send your daughter, and we'll we'll get that uh, date lined. By the way, yeah, Clayton, Clayton had this little three day trip, but he didn't come back with any potential wife. No, no. I mean, it was it was a five day trip. Oh, it was five yeah. days. I, he, he just told me three. Well, he he likes to exaggerate on the short end there because he doesn't want Dad to think it was five days. Okay. But he left last Friday and came home and went to work on Tuesday. To me, that's five days. Eighty six East University Parkway in Orem. Hey. Oh, I'll tell you what. Forty five hey. South, three hundred West. It's it was, all like, hey, we got to hey. get out. We're way late. Hey, so I said three days, and Tom looked at me. Says, "No, it was five days." Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Breaking down college football better than anyone else. This is Football Fridays with Alema Harrington and Ron McBride on The Big Show. Presented by Stonehaven Dental on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Friday on The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Ron McBride. We're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Alema taking a vacation. I, th- I think he's going to be back next week. Well, you, he needs to get a haircut before. Yeah, he does. It's, yeah. it's getting a little <laughs> loose on him. But, <laughs> hey, Gordon, your question, the the one team where I think it works out really positive for him is is so. Uh, well, real quick, playing two quarterbacks. Gordon uh, asked Coach Mack in the break about playing two quarterbacks. But I, I think the, the what what they've done with the, the kid from BYU that's playing in, in the pros with. Uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. I think they, that, that he fits. Exactly what what they need done, and he has a he has a has a part in the offense, and it's a legitimate part, and he's good at doing it. And and I think in in his case, I think that they've they've saved their you know saved their starter, taken some hits, and also provided a little more difficulty for the defenses because of of uh, Kaysom's ability. All Does right. that answer your question, Gordon? Yeah. Gordon, uh, yeah. Do you what? You're working on something for uh, for? Yeah, I just I've, I've been asking different people their opinion about the two quarterback thing, yeah, and uh, it, it seems like most people are against it. Well, there's a huge example, right? With uh, Brett, you brought up Brett Rat, uh, Ratliff. Was it last or a couple segments ago, Gordon? Uh, remember when uh, Witt tried to platoon him with Tommy Grady at U- UCLA, and Brett started and played well. And then they brought Tommy in, and I think he threw a pick six almost right away. He did. And Witt, after that game, pretty much said, I will never do that again. That's exactly right. I was at that game. I was covering it. Well, Grady Grady was a – 
Grady was a rep quarterback. He needed the reps. You know, he wasn't a guy you could bring in off the bench and be cold because he was, he was kind of a, had a, he had a long arm delivery and not great feet. Right. So he's not going to avoid the rush. And if you bring him off the bench, uh, without him, him kind of being in the game mode, he's probably he's probably not going to be as productive as he'd want him to be. So, so that's part of it, Mac, right? Because a quarterback does need to get in rhythm, and if you're platooning guys, then they're going to get out of whack. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's a, it's it's like you know, any game you play. If, once you get a, you 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 get game ready, you feel the game, you can feel how the game's coming to you. You know, you know what's you kind of know what mentally what's going on, and then all of a sudden. You bring this other guy off the bench, and you know, and uh, I mean, if we put, when we played Washington State in uh, in a, in a, that first bowl game, I remember back, and they had the the starter was the first round draft choice, and they got up. It was on Drew us. Bledsoe, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They took him out and put the sub, and then and then we came back and we could have beat him at the end, and they finally put the other guy back in to try to save the game, but the other the the backup guy. You know, he he was terrible, and, <laughs> and so they, they let us right back in the game. You know, and we were, and we had the momentum, and they couldn't get the momentum back. If we'd have had one more possession, we we ended up the game ended up I think in a tie, but we we would have we would have won we would have won the game going away. Yeah, he was the number one pick, I think, right? Yeah, he was a good he was a good player. He was. He, he went was, to a Super Bowl with the Patriots, and he was the one who Tom Brady. Uh, yeah surplanted yeah 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 he was he was uh he was a really good player um coach want to ask you about utah state uh just to to hit on the aggies here for a minute what are you hearing from your guy gary i think that they like their team i think the offensive line are all veteran guys and then the 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 center that uh they recruited in there from west high school evidently he's really made a uh made a real you know his presence be known, and and they've actually moved the starter from last year to guard, and uh, and and this kid's now the starting center, and so they're, I think their offensive line's really solid. They got a high school tight end from Arizona that they really like. They have a big a big receiver, big outside receiver that's uh, that is supposed to be really good. Uh, they got they've got kind of a. They've got a host of running backs. I think they got three good running backs. Uh, you know, you got Jalen Warren, who was a really good player, and then the one kid who transferred from Utah. And uh, the, Devontae Henry Cole. Yeah, Devontae Henry Cole, and then they got a third guy up there that's really good. And then I love the quarterback, the Shelley kid, Jason Shelley. Yeah, I think he's he's a really good player. The question could be uh, the defensive front. You know how good are they? They they got a transfer from UCLA that they like. You know I'm not sure about him. You know, that, but we'll see how he pans out. And then the one one defensive front kid that I really liked last year, and he's I think he's a little bigger and stronger. He was a real fast twitch muscle guy. You know that could could play well. I'm not sure about the backers. You know who. Who they are? I know Connie Nevis's kid is is one of the guys that's, that's uh, and then they got a they got a corner safety guy from SC transfer that's that 
you know, we'll see how he how he pans out. So I think the if they their question marks would probably be on the defensive side, I would think, but I'm not sure. Gordon, what are they, your they, we have, they, have a, they have a big test coming right out of the gate going up to play Boise State at Boise. Yeah. That's that's a tough way to start, isn't it? Gordon, what do you what do you expect out of the Aggies this year? We haven't hit on that a ton. Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, when I when I have no idea about something like that, I, I'm going to admit it. It sounds like Mac is a lot well more informed than I am. But I I I thought initially that the Aggies might be down a little bit this year. But well, yeah, I talked to TJ, you know, last last week, the offensive line coach, and we talked a lot about his guys, mm-hmm. and all those guys are back. And they're all and they're all good players, you know. And so I think that that's a pretty solid group. Now they got a new coordinator on offense, so I'm not sure where he's at. You know, in other words, okay, they've changed their offensive. They're not running the spread anymore. They're more conventional, I think, in their approach offensively than what they were uh, a year ago and two years ago. Well, they must like Shelley because they let the the other kid go, the Columbia kid who's down at Texas Tech, and I think he's actually going to start for them this week. Well, Is he really? Oh, wow. I thought I, I thought I read something about that. Maybe that uh, you know, maybe well, that's they, fake news, but I thought I saw that. No, they, that could be because uh, Texas Tech has had trouble scoring. Yeah, and the kid maybe the kid got hurt, and uh, and they're a, you know they stay they're. Texas, Texas is going to stay in the spread. That's what they're, you know. That's, well, that's what Wells coaches. That's what Wells does. Yeah. And, and, um, and that's what uh, uh, the coordinator. Uh, oh, Jake's looking Oh, like. yeah, Yost, who, Yost. Uh, who I look like. Yeah, yeah Yost. 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 I tell you what, the first time I saw Yost when I went up there to practice, I said, I'm looking at that guy. I said, my God, he looks he looks like a floppy guy. You know, he had a floppy he looked floppyish. You know? He had that long floppy hair, yeah. Oh my god. He had the said, surfer look, yeah. Yeah, he, he and I had a nickname for him but I couldn't remember what it is now. But uh, <laughs> but, but he's I a said, good coach. He had the oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I tell you what, good. the kids like him, you know. He has a good relationship with the players and and uh, he's a good he is a good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. I went up there. I went up there and talked with him at length about Jordan Love as Jordan was developing into the talent he became uh, that junior year. Remember how good he was, yep. guys? Oh and, yep. man, I, I tell you and, what, he was lights out. Yeah, and Yost he 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 broke him down and was talking about it and 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 he was right about him. So I I think that guy is a really good coach based on my conversations with him. I wanted to ask you though about that offensive line that you were talking about, Mac. I find that interesting. Remember when the Aggies lost nearly their entire offensive line and people wondered how it was going to go, and then you bring in a new unit essentially, and then after a year or so, are. How much advancement can a line, a group like that, make from one year being kind of inexperienced and the next year being one of the strengths of your team? Well, they've they've seen, you know, all the looks you could get. Of course, in the spread, you're only going to see a couple. Most people play the spread with a with an even man front, you know, what we call a kind of a 4-2 look. And so you don't have a lot. You don't have to worry about a lot of different combinations because you see the same look every week, basically. And so you don't have that many adjustments except on the blitzes 
and and making sure that you you hold up all the all the uh, all the things in the in the protections and that the quarterback can throw hot off of the off the edge rusher and you know all those things so you from an offensive line standpoint you know pretty much who you're going to block because you see the same look every 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 week but now with uh, more conventional they'll have more more variations of looks you know because you now you've you're running power, you're running counter, you're running that type of scheme. So you're going to see a few more different looks. Well, we might see we might see something similar as far as advancement in play from year to year. Well, we have seen it with BYU, at, at, at least in their high moments. Man, that BYU offensive line has looked really good. And there's talk that Utah, that offensive line, after last year, Jake, remember they were taking some criticism at times, yeah. and people saw it as something of a weakness in the team. But this year, they're looking forward to that group being a strength. Well, the, that that group has, has has improved a lot. And here's the here's the thing: you can't underestimate what the strength coach has done with those guys in the off season. Because Alisai is is uh, is a special strength coach, and he, he they do a, one thing that Utah does is they do a great job of evaluating their talent, and then figuring out okay what is the weakness that this is, this kid has, and now we have to make it a strength, hmm. and they've done a, they do a great job from from in, in their system of developing players to the skill set they need to play the position that they play and to make sure that that physically and uh, condition-wise, the kid fits the mold of what they're looking for. All right, we'll get to more coming up. Um, we'll we'll get to uh, Coach Max Foundation. We have a drawing to uh, to make as well, so stay tuned. We're live at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. More next football Friday on the Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty of the Zone. Representing the red and blue, this is Football Fridays with Alema Harrington and Ron McBride on The Big Show. Presented by Stonehaven Dental on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it is The Big Show on a Football Friday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Coach Ron McBride. We have a lot to do in this segment because we're going to talk about the Ron McBride Foundation. And uh, also we're going to talk to Tom. But you've got to weigh in on uh, on a discussion that Gordon and I had earlier okay. this week. Okay. okay. We we started we we started talking about hoisting, like when Who? the team hoists. Uh, you've been hoisted onto the team's shoulders, right? Right. right? You know right what I'm talking right, about? Right. Gordon Gordon claims that he's seen dozens, if not hundreds. No, of kickers, I didn't say hundreds. Kickers I didn't say hoisted I didn't onto the say, team's shoulder. I didn't say dozens. I didn't say hundreds. I said that a kicker, when he hits a game-winning field goal, is the third most likely. Uh, kind of individual to be hoisted and carried off the field. Number one being the coach, number two the quarterback, and number three the kicker. And and Jake claimed that no kicker has ever been carried off the have field. Have you coached on any team that you've coached, have you seen the kicker be hoisted up onto the shoulders of the team? Yeah, I think the Jurgensen kick when when Did, it? When, when, uh, <laughs> Did they? Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, on that kick in 93 – uh, the long snapper took credit for it, you know, Derek Whitten, because it, and Derek's a doctor, you know, smart guy. Uh-huh. He said, <laughs> I snapped it before he was ready to kick. 
If he'd had to think about it, he'd have never he'd made have it. He'd have missed it? Yeah. Wow, that's funny because that was a long kick, right? That was a yeah, 34 50, 31? 57 or 50-something. But, yeah, so Witten told me that he, as we're walking off the field, he said, Coach, if he'd had to think about it, he'd have never made it. But I snapped it before he had to think about it. Oh, I bet there's some truth to that. Well, good I'd people. be doing the same thing. But all right, there, Gordon. Are you are you so, satisfied? Are you so feeling better? What we did is we hosted the the uh, snapper. <laughs> he should have hoisted the snapper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. All right. So, uh, so we put That's we so. put Derek. We took Derek Wooden on our shoulders and carried him off the field. That's hilarious. Uh, all right, let's do this for the Ron McBride Foundation.org. Let's get okay. a winner for okay. uh, the Cody Barton autographed uh, football. Okay, we're going to let Tom draw this. Uh, Tom's drawing Tom, it. Tom, you're drawing. I like that one right there. Okay. Read it off. You're making me put glasses on. Marissa Howto. Marissa Howto. Congratulations Co- to Marissa. Hey, Marissa. Right. How are you? Hey, you are the winner of an autographed Seattle Seahawks Cody Barton football. You know what? Football. I, Marissa's the principal at, at uh, Northwest Middle School. Oh, no way. And one of the finest people you ever want to meet. She is, you know, she struggled through some some uh, some physical things, but she's she's surviving. She's doing well. That's great. And I couldn't be happier that we drew her name. So deserved winner. Yes, that's great. And and, and uh, Northwest Middle School is one of the schools we support. Oh, that's great. That, hey, that's terrific. Hey, Marissa. I hope I don't. I you're probably not listening, but but shout out to Marissa. Yeah, yeah. shout out. If to you know Marissa, tell her she won and tell yeah, her thank you. Yeah, Marissa, you're yeah. and I didn't cheat. I reached in and grabbed no, you did. the no, first one that fell. I did. Uh, hey, Marissa's and Marissa, you need to take that. You need to take the ball to school and put it in your office at at school so all the kids can see. There you go. All right. Uh, we are here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. want to remind you about uh, uh, Coach's uh, Foundation, the Ron McBride Foundation.org, uh, the 81 for 81 campaign. Of course, it's Coach's birthday week. Donate $81 for Coach's 81st and it's good that, birthday. It's good that, that, that Gordon has tripled what, the donations, matching them three to one. So, so I got five hundred. He's got fifteen. That's that's a really that's a good, good day. That's a good day, man. That why, don't, why don't we just make? Why don't we just make it one hundred and fifty thousand? Come on, one hundred fifty thousand. Okay. And Jake's going to help, right? Coach just hey Austin, got up and you his got that right drop so we can use that commitment right there. <laughs> one hundred fifty grand. I'd have to sell my house. Oh. <laughs> hey, my my observation today is: Have you noticed more how much more productive and calm it is without a lemon? I here? know, isn't it? I mean, I feel like we've really gotten to some great stuff. <laughs> he, he's he's kind of disruptive. I I figured out what it is. He's the one who's in the way. A lemma. It's easy to pick on because you're not here. I know yeah. it is, and but you know he's not listening. I love lemma. He's a good man. He is. He's he's no doubt. He's the best. All right, Tom. Well, uh, you know, you always uh, you always overdo it on a football Friday, and I think you've oh, really overdone it. Let, let's let's Friday. hit a couple of deals okay. real quick. I have now three left scratch and dent beds. Seven ninety nine. This is the very best. It's it's new in a box, but the box got ripped. The base is probably untouched. I can't promise there's not a scuff mark on it, but it's brand new, full warranty, $1,700 base with a $1,200 mattress. The entire deal, three only for $799. Now, let's talk about the sectional. Now, we have two in Orem and three here. We had a 
two dozen of this sectional and the black. And this is nice stuff, Coach. You're sitting on it. Power recliner, USBs to charge your phone, $3,700 deal at our competitors right down the street. Right there. We're going to do it for $19.99. We did this last week. We only have five left, two in Orem and three in Salt Lake. Okay, well, hey, do me a favor. Don't sell this. This couch that we're currently on. This is, this is, we need this on Friday. If somebody buys this tomorrow, I promise you I'll get you something as nice or nicer. Okay. Okay, because I'm, I'm getting very used to this chair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as soon as I walk in the door, I look and I say, oh, yeah, there's my spot. There's the spot right <laughs> you there. Know, it a, is nice. And I'm really a spot guy. You know, <laughs> you know, like you like to sit in certain spots in your house where you read your morning paper. Or, oh, yeah. Or you, you know, and so... You know, I must, so I walk in, I say, oh, there's my spot. It suits you. It yeah, suits it you quite well. It's, it's comfortable. I feel good. And affordable. And affordable. Boom. There you go. 1825 South, 300 West here in Salt Lake. You heard uh, Tom mention the Orem store, 86 East University Parkway. Coach, it's great to see you. Thank you very okay. much. And by the way, I uh, want to congratulate the boys at uh, Juan Diego, the defensive front boys. That, Played uh, well. They did a nice job. That's and, great. And, uh, and uh, so I appreciate their effort and what they've done. And we got we got the uh, the uh, the all all Tahitian group that all so your favorites. The, yeah. yeah, they're all speaking French, <laughs> and so they they you're right. They all right. So a bunch of them arrive at the football. They're like in a little circle and they tackle. And they're all looking down, and we call it the. The, the, the Tahitian circle. So. <laughs> Have you ever made it to Tahiti, Mac? That's one place I'd like to go. No, I no. I matter of fact, I haven't been to Tahiti. But uh, well, let's take the show on the road, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, what for? Let's get on down there. Let's. I tell you, but but these these kids are the most genuine group of kids uh, that you ever want to meet. You know, awesome. they're just they're just uh, salt of the earth kids. They. And they're not sure what tackle football is yet, but they're getting it. <laughs> well, thank you, Coach. We'll see you next week. Okay. Hey. It's Jake? Football Friday. Jake, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Debbie's pool, I hope. Oh, enjoy. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.